Welcome to Strength for the Journey from First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu at Ko'olau. Today marks the end of the Hope Restored Sermon Series. For more than a year now, we've delved and dived and dug into the words and thoughts of this book. And now we wrap it up with the stone having been rolled away. Here's First Pres Director of Children and Family Life, Karen Makishima, and the sermon, Hope Fulfilled. To all the moms out there, I want to wish you a very happy Mother's Day. And my daughter makes sure that I get to wear a haku uh, lei every Mother's Day, no matter where she's living at in the world. She knows that one day a year, I don't have to worry about what my hair looks like (laughs) because it's all held together under this haku. Um, Today, we finish our series with the last chapter in the book of Mark about the resurrection, even though we're past Easter. But the resurrection is worth revisiting again and again. If we truly understand the resurrection and its power, our lives will be forever changed and we will live lives that have hope fulfilled. Please stand with me if you are able to hear and receive the words of Mark chapter 16. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so they might go to anoint Jesus' body. And very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other, Who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. And as they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You're looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him? But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he's going ahead of you into Galilee, and there you will see him, just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Later later written manuscripts in the book of Mark include verses 9 through 20, where Jesus appears to Mary Magdalene, and later on he appears to some of his disciples. And Jesus tells the disciples to go into all the world and to share the gospel. And after giving them the great commission, Jesus ascended up to heaven and is now sitting at the right hand of God. Some say that John Mark, the author of the book of Mark, ended his manuscript right after verse 8 because he wanted to leave us pondering on the miracle of the empty tomb. The empty tomb. But I love the way Mark ended the book because Jesus is not dead. The tomb is empty, he has risen. You know, the symbol for Christianity is the cross. And clearly, the cross has great significance. 
But Jesus' story and our story doesn't end with the cross. I think a better symbol for followers of Jesus is an empty tomb. But an empty tomb doesn't look so pretty on a necklace. (laughs) But truth be told, there are times in our lives when we hear about the resurrection, but we just don't get it. We don't recognize the presence of God and we respond to life's situation in our own power. We miss it. We live as if he has not risen. There are times when I get anxious and I don't see that God is with me personally and professionally. And here is one of those times. During our Easter services, we showed a video for the scripture reader reading featuring our keiki where our kids illustrated the Easter story. And you might have even seen their actual artwork displayed in the other wing. And as I was taking down their artwork after our last service on Easter, one of the members stopped by. She truly admired their creation and shared with me what she saw in each piece. And she said, I love how this child showed Mary Magdalene's sadness through her tears. Don't you love how all these tears are flowing like a river? And she continued, look how this child used such dark colors to show the darkness of the night. Now this woman had eyes to see. And at that time, I realized I missed it. I miss truly seeing what each child created. I miss seeing the presence of God in these children that heard the text from scripture and then expressed what they heard on canvas. The process of making that video was so busy and stressful, I got so caught up in the details and the logistics, making sure that we had enough kids to film, the right painting supplies, even enough pizza for the crew, that I missed the creation and the beauty. I didn't see it. I didn't see it until that moment after Easter services when someone else pointed out to me what was right in front of me the whole time. And that's how it is for many of us. We get so busy and worried about our own situations that we don't see the presence of Jesus in our own life. So where is our hope and how can it be fulfilled? Let's dig into our passage as we see a few more masterpieces of the artwork created by our keiki. And when the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so they might go and anoint Jesus' body. Can you imagine the love and devotion that these women had for Jesus? But the commitment would be so much more than us bringing flowers to a gravesite today. The women waited for the Sabbath to be over as the law required before they went to anoint and care for Jesus' dead body. The Sabbath was from Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. So early on the morning, 
Sunday morning while it was still dark, they left for the tomb so that they could arrive by sunrise. And the big question that they were asking themselves as they were walking was, who's gonna roll away that big rock that was sealed from the entrance of the tomb so that they can go in and put spices on Jesus's body? Wonder Woman hasn't entered into history just yet. And these women knew that they didn't have the strength to do it. And to their surprise though, when they reached the tomb, they discovered that the huge rock had been rolled away. In the Gospel of Matthew, verse, chapter 28, it says, there was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. So the ladies enter the open tomb and they see this man in white clothes And from the other gospels, we learn that this man was an angel. And the women were alarmed, just as you or I would be. And the angel man said, don't be alarmed. You're looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He's not here. See the place where they laid him. And I can just hear Mary Magdalene say, he's not here? What do you mean he's not here? It makes me wonder, did the women even hear that Jesus had risen? We live at times as if he's dead in the tomb and we forget that he has risen. And the power of the resurrection reminds us that Jesus is here with you. But this is what makes me think that the women at the tomb didn't hear that Jesus has risen, because this was their response. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb, and they said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. How many times have I acted like, he's not here, and I tremble with fear? And how many times do I forget that my Lord rose from the grave? He's not dead, lying in the tomb. The tomb is empty. He has risen and is therefore with us every day. Maybe you're in the waiting room of a hospital and you forget that he has risen. Or maybe you're in a marriage that's hard and you forget that he's risen. Or maybe on this Mother's Day, it's hard for you. Maybe you lost your mom. Or your mom hasn't been the nurturer that you needed in this life. And you forget that he's risen. It's only been less than a month since Easter. And we forget he has risen. In the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation, Jesus said, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead. And now look, I am alive forever and ever. Jesus was not just a man who lived over 2,000 years ago. He's not just a historical memory. He's alive and he's seated at the right hand of God And the Father 
has power. And this is the power of the resurrection that he offers to us. Now this next verse is so packed with hope and renewal to the women and to the disciples. But go and tell the disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee and there you will see him just as he told you. And the first thing that we see is that women were given the task to share the good news, that Jesus is alive. Wowzie, this is the greatest news of all history, and it's been entrusted to women. A woman, where in their culture, they were not allowed to be taught from the Torah, and they could not even testify in the court of law. And wasn't this woman Mary, the one Jesus had casted out seven demons? God is trusting this woman to be the first apostle and evangelist? She's the first to preach the good news. She's the first to tell others that Jesus is alive. And this confirms it. Jesus values women. But Mary, she was moping around, planning to honor her savior by anointing his dead body with spices. But Mary, he's not in the tomb. He's gone ahead of you, and there you will see him, for he has risen. The power of the resurrection is moving from death to life. And maybe you're here today and you're feeling like, I just can't do it. That test is just too hard for me. Or I don't have enough money to make ends meet. Or I'm overwhelmed with all the responsibility that is expected of me. And in that moment, we feel as if he's not there. But take delight in knowing that he is with you and that he's gone ahead of you, and there you will see him. He's taking you somewhere. He already knows the outcome of that test. He already knows the outcome of your finances and what you're capable of handling. And maybe at that moment, Mary didn't realize that her life was so much better. She was afraid because she hadn't seen the conclusion. And as I said earlier, the Bible reports that Mary had seven demons. We don't know what they were, but they probably affected her in many ways. Maybe anger or pessimism or divisiveness or lust. Yet if one pauses to think back on your life, maybe like Mary, she would have known how life was and what a difference Jesus made. Did you ever notice that living things have to move? Living things just don't stay stagnant. Jesus has gone ahead of you. Go and you will find him. For he has risen. This is the greatest miracle that has ever happened on earth. And this is what else we find in this verse. But go and tell his disciples and Peter, he's going ahead of you into Galilee and there you will see him just as he told you. 
we know that these frightened disciples are the same disciples that deserted Jesus in his greatest hour of need. And now these women are to go and to tell them the best news ever. Jesus is alive and he goes before you in Galilee. There you will find him. Did you see that this verse says that the angel tells the women to tell the disciples and Peter? This is Peter. Look at Peter's face. Do you really see it? Why did Peter get singled out? He's one of the disciples too. But wait, isn't Peter the one who denied Jesus three times? And one scholar writes this passage. Peter must have been tortured with the memory of his disloyalty. And then there was a message just for him. But go tell his disciples and Peter. In the Greek, this word for and can mean especially. Tell the disciples and especially Peter. The artist portrayed Peter's face to show that Peter feels so loved and valued that Jesus would want to remember him and forgive him. You see, the cross was not the end as the disciples had thought, but a new beginning that brought hope and forgiveness for all. Jesus is not in the tomb. He has gone ahead of you, and there you will see him. And that is our hope. This was our sermon series for a year and a half. Hope restored. I didn't see Jesus the first time I saw the children's artwork. I couldn't see Jesus there in all my busyness. I couldn't see him in the task or on my to-do list. But Jesus had already gone ahead of me. And he's gone ahead of you. We just need to stop and see his presence and follow him. We see that Jesus has gone before us. He's out there in the world and we'll find him with the hungry and the naked, the poor and the vulnerable. It's not enough to recognize his presence in our life, but to know how can we be his presence in the lives of others, especially those who are vulnerable. For if we claim his presence, that is the power of the resurrection. Last month, our young director, our young adults director, Jeff Page, and our high school director, Matt Yamamoto, and I got to visit an orphanage named Prince of Peace, which houses and cares for 143 children with special needs in Tianjin, China. And we were invited by the founders of that orphanage, Kin and Becky Jung. And incredibly, they paid for all of our expenses for the trip. Maisie, who's standing all the way to the left, is Kin's assistant. You see, Jesus is moving. He'd already gone ahead of us to China, and there we saw him. We're hoping to bring our young adults and our youth to the orphanage to serve in the summer of 2020. 
Many of these kids in the orphanage have autism, Down syndrome, cerebral palsy, and some have some physical disabilities. Ken and Becky Young have a heart for these vulnerable children. By God's grace, they are wealthy. Their business has been very successful. And they could have used their money to purchase a couple of Ferraris, a bigger house, or have lots of jewelry. But instead, they chose to live in the power of the resurrection by caring for the vulnerable. Over 20 years ago, Ken and Becky adopted a child named Marissa from China. And even though Marissa doesn't have special needs, they saw many children who did and who were not being adopted. And their hearts broke for these children. Ken and Becky know that the tomb is empty and that Jesus is moving in the world and they've gone to meet him. And as a result, their heart and their vision have influenced so many in a country where these children are disposable. Their love is truly unconditional for these children will never be able to pay them back in a worldly sense. Ken and Becky have learned that each child has a name and a story and each child is made in the image of God. And the child in the wheelchair here is Joshua. And these children love to sing and dance and eat and be valued. We all made dumplings together and then we had a feast. And may I just say that the food in China is amazing. It's nothing like Panda Express, which uh, Kimo and I had for dinner last night. <laughs> we were amazed to see business people of status coming together to join the vision by donating state-of-the-art equipment to the Orphanage's Learning Center so that the children can be trained in appropriate jobs that they could do in the community. China has a law that once an orphan turns 14, they're no longer adoptable. And Prince of Peace is hoping that some of the children would have been trained for employment. They do fear, though, that their children will be bullied when they're released from their care. And they ask for our prayers for their protection and that they would be adopted by nurturing families. I knew that the purpose of our trip to China was to help plan for next year's trip with the high school students and the young adults. But I asked why Kin would fully fund the three of us to come. And his assistant, Maisie, said that Ken intentionally invested in us so that our hearts would be changed and that we would have a heart for the vulnerable. Likewise, he wants to influence the hearts of our students and young adults who will be going to China in 2020 to have a heart for the vulnerable. Not just the 143 vulnerable children in that orphanage, but all the vulnerable, everywhere. As our students and young adults pursue their next steps in life, whether it be the military, college, or a job, no matter what they choose to do or be, 
Ken is hoping that the 2020 China experience will also encourage them to live in the power of the resurrection like it has for me. I'll never forget the way Joshua sang his heart out sitting in that wheelchair and the dignity and the joy that the children had in learning their job skills. It made my heart grow. Lee Strobel once said, Jesus Christ did not come into this world to make bad people good. He came into this world to make dead people live. So what does that mean, to make dead people live? If we're honest with ourselves, at times we forget that Jesus is not in the tomb. We forget that the tomb is empty. We forget that Jesus is making himself available to lead us and guide us. And when we forget that, then we're dead. And if you and I don't see Jesus, then we're dead. We're not living in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so therefore, we're not operating in the power of the resurrection. It's not enough to do good but it's that we do good in Christ's name and in his power. For this is the power of the resurrection. And in the message, which is a paraphrase of the Bible found in the book of Romans, it says, this resurrection life you receive from God is not a timid, grave-tending life. It's adventurously expectant, greeting God with a child like, what's next, Papa? God's spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we really are. We know who he is and we know who we are, father and children. And we know we're going to get what's coming to us, an unbelievable inheritance. We go through exactly what Christ goes through. And if we go through the hard times with him, then we're certainly gonna go through the good times with him. This is the power of the resurrection, and this is our hope restored. Jesus is not lying dead in the tomb. He's not there. Can we take just a moment and ponder in awe at the empty tomb? Let's pray. Father, we praise you for the empty tomb and the power of your resurrection. We thank you for bringing hope to Mary Magdalene, who was once in despair with seven demons. God, Lord, we want to be your children who are not dead, but truly walk in the power of your resurrection. For this is where we have hope restored and fulfilled. It's in your son's most powerful name we make our prayers. Amen. I like it especially that that song is Mary Magdalene's song. And as you know, as Karen said, she was one of the most troubled persons in the Bible. But it's not only Mary's song, it's also Peter's song. Because especially him, the angels wanted him to know that Jesus came back for him. And it's a story of Paul, the apostle who persecuted the church, was a terrorist, and then he was given a new life. And more importantly, it's our story.
that we can be alive. We don't have to be dead. That God came back to give us new hope, a hope restored, and a hope fulfilled. And as we end this series, I hope all of our hope is a bit higher than when we began this series a year and a half ago. For those of us who know that we're always needing the Lord's guidance and help, that he's always with us, a little ahead of us, we know that prayer is really important. And for some of you, God may be talking to you right now and saying, why don't you have somebody pray with you and seal what's going on in your heart right now to get more encouragement, perspective, whether it's spiritual, physical, or emotional. And so our prayer team will be here right after the last song in front of the cross and in front of the choir risers. And if you have any issue, please come up on this special day and have prayer with the prayer team. But I have a blessing for all of you, so please stand. And please receive this. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and his countenance be upon you and his grace be all over you. And may you know deep in your heart the wonderful love of God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. May you know he's with you always and ahead of you. In Christ's name, amen. To borrow from St. Patrick, Christ with me, Christ before me, Christ behind me, Christ in me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ on my right, Christ on my left. And as Karen pointed out, Jesus has already paved the way ahead of us. He is alive. If you'd like to hear this sermon again, you can listen to and download this and other sermons from the First Pres website, fpchawaii.org. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Join us at one of our worship services on campus at 45550 Kiona Ole Road, Kaneohe, Hawaii, 96744. We meet Sunday mornings at 8, 9.30, and 11.11. Follow First Pres on Twitter and Facebook. Download the brand new First Pres app. Watch First Pres sermon videos on our website and on Facebook. And if you need more, you can call us at 808-532-1111. For Pastor Dan Chan and the entire staff at First Pres, I'm Michael Shishido. Until next time, God bless you and thank you for listening. Strength for the Journey is copyright 2019 and produced by the Media Ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu at Ko'olau.